We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. It's Pack-A-Day, your 24-7, 365-day-a-year Pack-A-Day podcast. It is Saturday, June 1st, 2019. I can't believe I'm saying this right now. We're in June 1st, 1st 2019. I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com, and joining me is Mark Eckel, 32 years in the business and still running young and youthful, Mark Eckel. Mark, how's it going? I'm good, Jake. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, we're going to get into a lot here today. We decided to really get into the nitty-gritty of uh, what has happened. Uh, I mean, our pretty much uh, the great son of Green Bay, Wisconsin, and that was uh, Bart Starr, uh, passed away uh, last weekend at the age of 85. And uh, I can say this right now, I still believe that Packer fans are still mourning. I've uh, been trying to check out the national radio a little bit. And uh, you know, Dan Patrick had on uh, the great uh, New York Times writer uh, David Moranis on uh, to talk about uh, when prize still mattered. If you have not, and you are a Packers fan, I highly recommend that you read that book about Lombardi. Uh, he also talks about his time with Bart Starr as well. It was a great read. So You don't it, have to be a Packers fan, Jake. Oh, that's really? A, that, that's the best book. Oh, no, that's a great book if you're, if, if you're just a a human being. I mean, that's, that's just, a, I mean, it helps if you're a Packer fan, obviously, but that's just, that, that's the greatest book. I read 
thousands of books in my life. That's the, that's the best book I've ever read in my life. I couldn't agree more. I mean, as um, uh, we're recording this right now here for Pack a Day, 24 7, 365 day, your Pack a Day podcast. I look over to my bookshelf, and there is When Pride Still Mattered. And I remember it because my, I believe this was my grandparents got me this book, and it's always just been a treasure to me. And, you know, reading the stories about Bart Starr, uh, just an amazing read. If you have not taken a chance, take a look at it. All right, Mark, uh, I know that you were a big fan of Bart Starr. You got to witness all this great stuff about him. You have a couple of stories, so uh, let's yeah. get into it. Well, I, let me start by saying, you know, I'm old. I'm not that old, but um, <laughs> Bart Starr was my favorite. The first game I've ever, I ever watched as a kid, I was like six, seven years old, was the Ice Bowl. Oh, right? man. The first game, I mean, watch from start to finish. Because now, I think I've told you this before, my, my godfather, my, my Uncle Joe, um, actually knew Vince Lombardi pretty well from, you know, I grew up in Jersey and my uncle was up in North Jersey. So he, he knew coach Lombardi from St. Cecilia's and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. in my head, all that, that's why I became a Packer fan living in, in New Jersey was hearing him always talk about, you know, coach Lombardi, Mr. Lombardi, this, you know, Vince Lombardi. <laughs> so, you know, why, I mean, what do I know? I'm a little kid, right? So anyway, so the first game I ever watch is from start to finish with my father and my uncle is, is the ice ball and, Bart Starr sneaks across for this when he touched out. And it was, a, as a little kid, you know, Bart Starr is a pretty cool name. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, Bart Starr, he's a star, right? So I became, you know, Bart Starr became my, that was my favorite player. And, um, you know, that was, you know, it, then I, it, then I became a sports writer years and years later. You know, um, Bart was already not, he, by the time I started, writing sports Bart wasn't really involved at all his coaching career had 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 ended but he was still always like my favorite player so anyway if this is let's fast forward to about nine it was after the Packers won the first Super Bowl so I had to be like late 90s maybe 98 I'm going to say or so and it's during the offseason it's like maybe July or August or no no it's it's way before that because the camp hadn't started yet so it's probably like June and my my ball I'm working in, in in New Jersey and my sports editor comes up to me one day or calls me and says, hey, um, I know you're kind of taking some time off now, but I thought you might be interested in, in this. Um, Bart Starr is coming to uh, Princeton to speak Whoa. at some, some some kind of dinner, whatever it was. But he's going to be available prior to that. You know, if, uh, listen, if you want to stay off, you know, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll get somebody else. Or we don't have – like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, 
that was there from in, in Princeton. And that was, and then the radio guy was, you know, he did his radio thing, bang, bang, and he was in and out. So it was really just Bart and I for about a half hour. So we talked about everything. And I had to admit to him, I, I, and I never do this, never, ever in my career interviewing people. Um, you know, I would turn the recorder off, and I, I, just start talk, I just start telling them that, you know, about my uncle and how I became a Packer fan. He was, he, he was like, oh, you fan of Jersey. Yeah, and I, you know, and, you know I, I, I opened up to him, and then, then he was just tough. But, I mean, I, like I said, you can, a, a lot of times you can be disappointed. Um, I wasn't, I, was, I wasn't hardly disappointed. I was, I was proud to say that, that Bart Starr was my favorite player as a, as a kid. And when I, you know, for finally getting to meet him, it, it didn't, it was, it was an honor. Uh, and then I also told him this story, which is kind of an, and he, he laughed at this, or he, he kind of remembered it, but I'm sure he, he does this a million times. But <laughs> uh, during the Eagles, and I guess it was, uh, Rich Cotite was the head coach. So it had to be like early, ni- early 90s now. And um, Zeke Brakowski, who was Bart's longtime backup, was the Eagles' offensive coordinator. And as much as, as much as I didn't get along with Rich Cote, I, I got along with Zeke very, very well. And Zeke and I would, he would tell me old Packers stories and we, he'd tell me about Lombardi and Bart and everything else a lot of times, just, you know, just, just shooting the breeze and stuff. Well, for Christmas that year, uh, one of my presents I got from a friend was a, a replica Super Bowl one jersey of Bart Stars. What? Oh yeah, yeah. So um, that's not the story. So that's oh, well, no, that's not the story. Oh, so, gee. Well, let me just it, drop it, in my jaw it, up here. So it's it's the end of the, it's the end of the season. Eagles aren't 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 going to the playoffs that 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 year. They're like eight and eight or whatever. And I'm, I tell, but you know, it's like a week to go in the, in the season after Christmas. Season, and I said, hey, guess what I got for uh, Christmas? What'd you get? I said, ah, my friend of mine bought me a Super Bart, you know, replica jersey, Bart, Super Bowl one, blah, blah, blah. Said, oh, that's cool. He says, hey, he says, you know, as soon as we're done, I'm going to see Bart, like, in next week or so. Uh- he says, why don't you bring it in, and I'll, I'll give it to, I'll, I'll bring it with me, I'll Bart autograph it for you, and I'll, and bring it back, and I'll mail it back to you, Beverly. So I'm like, wow. Okay. So I, I bring it in, I, I give it to Zeke. Season ends, I don't know, two weeks later, I get this big package back in the mail, and it's from Bart. The, the return address is says Bart Starter. Um, and I open there, it is, and he signs it right on the 15, you know, two, two mark, best wishes, Bart Star. So that's like one of that's like my prize. It's been framed and hanging over the couch in my family room, and then three of them everywhere I've been ever since, since I got to Jersey. So it's that's like a prize. So I told Bart about that. I said, you know, if you, if you, re, you probably don't re, remember this, but you know, I, I mentioned Zeke and he said, Oh yeah, I do. You know, kind of sort of, I remember Zeke telling me about a guy I said, well, I was the guy. <laughs> but, uh, so there, that's my other Bart star story. And then I got to tell you, now this is kind of funny. So go ahead. I'm, this is what I'm still up, up North, but I, but I move from, um, one house to, to, a, to, to a different house. And um, I'm dating this, this this woman at the time, and we're at the lunch. I'd, I'd already moved. I got everything put away now and stuff, and we're having lunch or whatever. And she says to me, um, hey, I found a, I, I saw a great uh, painting that would look good in, in the new place. And, and she describes it to me. And I'm like, eh, that sounds kind of nice. And I said, but where would I put that? 
And she says, well, I was thinking you could hang it over the couch in, in your TV room. And I said, where, where the Bart Starr jersey is? And she says, yeah, 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 right right there. <laughs> I said, but Uh-oh. that's where the Bart Starr jersey is. And she says, well, I thought that was temporary. I responded, <laughs> no, you're temporary. <laughs> the Bart Starr jersey isn't going anywhere. And needless to say, that, that, that relationship didn't work out very well. <laughs> And she was gone, <laughs> and the bar star jersey still hanging over my couch. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's my um, that's my bar star memories, and just a, I, I, like I said, probably one of the few I mean, as great a player as he was. And, you know, two time Super Bowl MVP, five titles. You know, he's probably a, he was just as great, if not a greater person. Man alive. That's a heck of a story. Uh, this is Pack-A-Day, 24-7. I told you huh? when we talked prior that I, I had some good part stories. Oh, yes. I mean, we, we were talking about this. This is what we do on uh, Pack-A-Day. We usually have a so-called production meeting, you know, a conversation for about 10, 15 minutes to figure out what we wanted to do. And I felt like, you know, bringing that nostalgia. You, I, I didn't want to tell you before I told it. You know, no, sorry. no. I didn't want you and that's the best I, thing about it is, <laughs> and that's the best thing about a radio interview is that you want to be able to, when you have on a guest or your co-host and they have this wonderful story, you don't want to know about it. You want to be just like the audience. I mean, I'm telling you right now, my jaw dropped a couple of times uh, during that whole story. So uh, thank you so much for bringing that up. That, that's an amazing story. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you actually have still that jersey hanging uh, in okay. the middle of your wall. That's pretty awesome. Oh, it's been every. It's been in one. Let me see. For how many one, years? Two. This is the fourth place it's been with me. The fourth place it's been, but it's always been at that always, middle of the wall. The same spot over my couch. Over the couch. Across from my TV. <laughs> over the couch, boy, that that has to be pretty amazing. Uh, Mark, what was your reaction when uh, the news came down? Sad, obviously, but also. Knowing that he had been struggling with his health for, mm-hmm. for you know quite a while now, it's a blessing. I mean, you know, you hate to see anybody, especially someone that you really admire, family member, whether it's someone like Bart Starr, you know, someone that you're a big fan of. You hate to see him suffer. You hate to see him not be themselves. You know, um, so you know the way I look at it. I mean, he he had a great life, not a good life, a great life, um, a great man. Um, he, he's in a better place now. And now if, 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 if the ball's on the one and God, God needs a quarterback sneak to, to, to win the game, he, he, he's got the guy. Yep. And then he'll probably say at the end of that, let's punch it in and get the hell out of here. <laughs> well, I, he not, I hope he, I hope he, yeah, I, I hope that he, he doesn't use the word hell. That's what he said to Vince. That's what he said to Coach Lombardi on that fourth and goal. <laughs> even Chuck so, Mercine didn't even know it didn't even know what the play was it was just Jerry Kramer Bart Starr and Vincent Party so uh, what a what a guy he was uh, I got a couple of good memories um, you talked about how you could tell that Bart Starr's health was not going well and there were two wonderful memories and I have to go back to 2014 sweltering day in July and it, 65,000 capacity are pretty much stacking up Lambeau Field. And you're wondering to yourself, what, what's going on here? Well, Brett Favre is getting into the Packer Hall of Fame at this point. And <laughs> Packer fans haven't seen him for five years. This was something brand new. And after Favre was talking, suddenly 
we heard across the, we're like, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to look up at the Jumbotron. And there was Bart Starr right there. I, I had tears falling from my eyes at that point because you're watching two legends looking at each other. Favre looked up at Starr and went, oh my goodness. Like he actually started uh, tearing up as well. And that was a great moment. But when he came back for Favre's jersey retirement, it was the, the biggest surprise of my life because I remember I was sitting there. I was doing this kind of hokey kind of play-by-play thing. I was kind of beginning into my career. And I was watching halftime. Rain is falling at Green Bay. And Favre, you know, is saying thank you and everything. Packers are in a tough game with the Bears. They lost that night. But when you saw that golf cart coming out, and there was Bart Starr, it was once again back to when Favre uh, got into the Packer Hall of Fame, except right in front of his eyes. Favre looked like a five-year-old meeting his hero because he was like, oh, my goodness, Bart, what are you doing here? Uh, so, one of the things I want to mention too, like, um, and I talked when I, that interview that I that I did with Bart, um, right, that, that that night in Princeton, mm-hmm. I you know I mentioned how like almost everyone from that that team, uh, himself, Jim Taylor, um, who passed away earlier this year, um, yes, he did, Paul Horning, Willie Davis, uh, Dave Robinson, you can go on and on, Herb Adderley, Willie Wood. They've all, they were all successful off the football field as well. They all did very Max – Max McGee started the um, – Chi-Chi's. Restaurant franchise. Chi-Chi's. I mean, he's, he, he, made, he made much more – Max McGee made a ton more money off the field than he ever made on. I mean, but all those guys did very well for themselves away from football. At a time when most football players didn't, I mean, they didn't. It's not like today where they where they made millions just to start with. You know, they made okay, mm-hmm. um, and they didn't have the endorsements like they did now. They, they lived a little bit of here or there, you know, but nothing like it's nothing like it is nowadays. So I said to him, like, what you know, why do you think that was? And he said, Coach Lombardi. He said he instilled that winning winning attitude, and it's not just winning on the winning on the field, sure, but. You know, we all we won games. We won several games, championships, as everyone knows. But but we won in life. He taught us how to be winners, on and off the field. And and you know, and I'm proud to say that we all. You know, I'm 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 so happy that all my teammates did well, and we all were successful. You know, we we weren't just great football players. You know, we yes, we were, and we won our titles, and you know all that. But we all did so well for ourselves away from the field, and that and that meant a lot to him. And I think he, he really appreciated me asking him that, you know, because everyone talks about, you know, the the, the sneak against the Cowboys and winning mm-hmm. his first two Super Bowls and mm-hmm. winning, you know, that, and everybody knows. And, and listen, take nothing away from all those accomplishments, but you know, they, these guys all, if you look it up, they all did very well. Almost, almost. I mean, I'm sure there's one or two that didn't, but I mean, most of, you know, all the big names, they all, they they, they did great. They all were successful businessmen, successful. Like you said, Max Max McGee started his own restaurant. Um, they, they, it was it's it's amazing that when you that that you could think Gary Kramer did well, uh, as far as Greg became a coach, you know, and all that. Um, no, it was just it was it was an amazing group of players and and men under under one of the greatest in, in Lombardi. This is the Pack a Day podcast, twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five day a year Pack a Day podcast. I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com. Joining me is Mark Echo of BobMcGinnFootball.com. 
We're going down uh, story time lane uh, about the great Bart Starr who died at 85 last weekend uh, to just really get a good nostalgic feel on what Bart Starr really truly meant. And I'm glad you brought that up because I'm currently in the middle of Jerry Kramer's uh, book uh, that was ghostwritten by the great late uh, Dick Schaap. And he talked about how Lombardi was able to give that winning mentality to these players. He basically turned them from boys to men. Uh, when they got there in 1958, uh, Lombardi was embarrassed. He could not believe, you know, what a mess this team was. And, you know, Lombardi was, uh, excuse me, Star was just drafted out of the 17th round at this point. And then you watched them. Think about that. 17th round. 17th Did round. Can you imagine that nowadays? Can you imagine What's 17 that? rounds right now? Yeah. Oh my goodness! No. I couldn't either. But think about how deep. Think about how deep in the draft. He, I mean, that that was. I mean, there's always rounds now. So really, eight when you when you add in all the all the, commens, the, the compensatory picks, it's really about eight rounds. So, all right, let's just say eight rounds. Star might not even. I mean, even after you sign your undrafted guys, Star might not even been signed. Think about that. Seventeenth round. And he came out of the University of Alabama, and he was coached underneath Bear Bryant. And I mean, geez, 17th round. Boy, you talk about how Lombardi got lucky on that one. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. when you said that, I I had to jump in with that. I mean, 17th, not 7th round. No. I mean, people talk about Tom Brady being a great pick in the 6th round. Which he was. This is is 11 rounds after Tom Brady. This was pre-Super Bowl times. Yep. And that's one of I my mean, favorite if, moments. If they still had 17 rounds today, and the draft started on Thursday night with the first round, the way Thursday, Friday, or would they gotten drafted until like the following Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we're on day seven here. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that? Unbelievable. Uh, what were some of the books um, that really emphasized who Bart Starr was that you've read? Well, there's a million. Well, like the one. Well, you you mentioned the, the one uh, when pride still mattered, which oh, like, yeah. is, is my favorite book of all time. But there's another one that most people, a lot of people, don't know about, and it's called. It's kind of a takeoff on when pride still mattered, but it's, this, this one's all about Bart. It's called when leadership still mattered. Okay. Um, it's, I'm sure it's available. Go on Amazon or wherever you you buy your books. You can find it. Mm-hmm. That's a. It, that's. It's a. It's a micro version of. Miranda's book on Lombardi, but this is all about Star and what a leader he, he was. So if you're a Bart Star fan, if, or if you just want him right now because of his passing, catch up on him. I would I would highly suggest uh, when leadership still mattered. Um, like you said, this, uh, both of Gary Kramer's books, Instant Replay and, and Distant Replay, um, that just sums up the whole Packer way of life, um, the way it was with that team. Um, so both of those are excellent books about the Packers and, and Bart Star. I could not agree more. I I have to take a look at that. You you said uh, there was no one that you sent me a picture of. What was it called? Run of Lombardi or something oh, like that? Run to Daylight. Run to Daylight. All right, talk about that one. That's, that's the first book I, I ever read. Um, I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, my, my my uncle. But that's that's mostly – I haven't read it in so long. But that that was the old term. That was the Packers um, – that's that's what they're like, you know. Like nowadays, you you, you call an offense West Coast offense, or uh, the Rams had the greatest show on turf back in the day. You know, well, the Packer offense back then was considered run to daylight because they ran that power sweep. You know, you've seen the you've seen the 
the clip a million times. You seal it here, you seal it here, and you, you know. Well, run to daylight was Lombardi's, you know, um, mantra, I guess, you know. And um, that that book kind of, if I remember, like I said, I read it so long ago, I still have it. Uh, but it was about that year when they they lost to the Lions. Um, year. Okay. The Lions beat him and and beat him up pretty good. And the Lions had a had a linebacker named named Joe Schmidt, who later became their their head coach. Um, as a matter of fact, I think when when I was reading the book, he was he he, he was their their head coach at that time. But anyway, um, the Packers played the Lions a second time and. The Lions are feeling pretty good about themselves because they already beat them once. And um, again, I'm, I hope I don't get this stuff wrong. But Lomb- but Lombardi's whole thing was all right. They got this guy Schmidt. He had a great game against us. Blah blah blah. Well, we're going to run at him. And the Packers and the Pirates were like, No, we don't want to run at him. We want to run away from him. No, you know, he's like, No, we're going right at him. That's their strength. We're going our strength against their strength. We're going to go right at him. And the Packers, I forget, I forget the numbers, but the Packers won the game easily. And they ran for like, I don't know, 200 and something yards in that game, hoarding Taylor. They, they, and they Schmidt did nothing the whole game. They just, they just completely took him out of the game. So that, that's the crux of the book. But it's more, it's more than that. It's, it's, all, it's just all about that whole, that whole Packer offense and, and, um, and Lombardi and, and his style. And, you know, you didn't beat, you rarely beat him twice. Let's put it that way. I got a question for you because this is what I hear nowadays that kind of annoys me a little bit. Because these two words, I do not feel like really emphasized who Bart Starr was. Game manager. Mark, what do you think when you hear the words game manager describe Bart Starr? No, way, 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 way more than that. Um, unless you're saying it in a, the most ultimate complimentary. I mean, Trent Dilfer was a game manager the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl. That's right. And then when, I hear, when I hear game manager, that's what I think. A guy like, listen, we have a great defense. We have a 2,000-yard back. Don't mess up, okay? <laughs> and, that's, and that's basically what Baltimore told Trent, Trent Zilfer to do in 2000, I guess it was, right? Here the, the Ravens won the Super Bowl. Like this, they must, don't make mistakes. Don't worry if we have to punt on 40, you know, because our defense isn't going to give up any points anyway. Just give the ball to Jamal Lewis. When you have to complete a pass, you know, do it. Don't don't take any risks. Don't take any chances. No, no, no. That, that wasn't Bart Starr. Bart, I mean... <laughs> Bart Starr still has the highest quarterback rating, postseason quarterback rating of any quarterback in the history of the NFL. Yes, he that does. Joe Montana and Tom Brady and mm-hmm. um, anyone else that's ever, you know, all your other great ones. I mean, he, his quarterback rating is still the highest postseason quarterback rating. So that's not a game manager. That's a winner. If 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 if, if I had to use a word, two words to describe Bart Starr, it would be leader and winner. Because he, I, then I, again, the name of the book, when leadership still matters. It's all about what a great leader Bart Starr was. Um, and if you ask, if you talk to any of his teammates, you know, that are still around, or even when they were, you know, Jerry, you know, read Jerry, like you're, you're reading Jerry Kramer's book. You'll you'll see what his thoughts on Bart Starr. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk to Paul Horning about him. You talk to uh, Forrest Gregg or, or, or any of those guys. You know, they'll, they'll just, they'll go on and on telling you that, our leader, yes, you know, and just like you said, that that last play, that quarterback, he, he went to the sidelines, said, "Let me sneak it in." Boom, he goes out there, takes, you know, Chuck Mercine thought he was getting the ball. That's so, right. And, so, and, he, and, and instead, Bart keeps it and wins the game against the Cowboys. I mean, um, you know, the year before that, that um, the Ice Bowl, when they beat the Cowboys in Dallas, 
they were losing that game. Yes, they were early, and he brought it. He he brought them back with with touchdown passes. I think they either was a Boyd Dollar or, or Carol Dale. I mean, um, no, no, Mark Starr wasn't a game manager. He was a winner and a, and and a leader. And um, and one of the, and I think one of the most under I think uh, Sal Palantonio from, from ESPN wrote a story mm-hmm. saying what an under what how he was what Bart Starr was one of the most underrated quarterbacks. Oh man, I know. It, it, no doubt about I mean, that. And, you know, and, and it's because when when you're surrounded by great players, let's mm-hmm. not take anything away from Horning and Taylor and Dale and Dowler and McGee and that offensive line. Yeah, they were. That was a great team, but he was the leader of that group team. And that's right. As great as that team was, if they had a different quarterback, uh, they they wouldn't have been as successful. Obviously, and and you know. Sometimes I think you know Terry Bradshaw faces the same underratedness, I guess if that's a word. Um, you know because people say, oh well, he had Swan and Stallworth and Harris and a great defense, blah blah blah. But still, Bradshaw had to pull the trigger. You know, I mean, he, you know, he. It, sometimes it's funny. There are some quarterbacks that get overrated, I think, because of what they've done and, and what they had around them. But you know, I think I think Starr was was vastly underrated. And, Sal pointed that out in the, in, in the story that he wrote for, for ESPN. I've always been a big Sal Palantonio fan, so whenever he says something like that, I'm all for it. Uh, Mark, as always, here on Pack-A-Day, great stuff, and uh, thank you so much for giving uh, no me and Packer fans a chance to really enjoy you know, what it meant watching Bart Starr in real life, interviewing him, and uh, that story I love about the jersey across the couch. Great stuff. Love it. All right, Mark. You'll you'll see it, Jay. (laughs) Yeah, make sure you send me a picture. Like like I told that that woman, that's permanent. She was temporary. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mark. We'll talk next time, all right? (laughs) All right. Take care, Jay. We'll we'll do this again in a couple weeks. All right. Sounds good. See you then. All right. That was Mark Eckel of BobAgainFootball.com. You can read all of his stuff on uh, BobAgainFootball.com. Tweet him at MarkEckel08, or you can tweet me at uh, Jake Turner Sport. Yeah, that was one of the things. Look, I'm, I'm 33 years old, okay? And I know that there are some young ones out there that want to say, oh, you're too young. You never saw Bart Starr play. Well, guess what? There's something here at the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting that I've learned, and that is research. And I have lost track how many game film I have watched of Bart Starr. I got the fortune one day on NFL Network to watch the Ice Bowl. Kirk Gowdy is in the booth, and I didn't know what to think. Because back then, I did think that Bart Starr was a game manager. Then I watched him on that final drive. And I know everybody wants to talk about him punching in the end zone. They win. They go to Super Bowl II. However... There was one play on that drive that showed the toughness of Bart Starr. And they even talked about it in America's game, 1967 Green Bay Packers. And that was Bart Starr rolled out to his right. Now keep this in mind. It's 15 below out. The heater wasn't working. It was like being tackled on cement, as people were saying. Bart Starr rolled out to his right just to get a first down. He dives head first. For the first down, he talks about that game, and he says, it felt like I hit cement. And at that point in his career, he's trying to win the game for the Packers against the Dallas Cowboys and Tom Landry. And that's something that really just embraces it, of how tough he was. Because you know what? He got up, 
He dusted himself off. Next play, let's go. And after that wonderful run by Bart Starr that got the first down, the Packers were able to win that game. It took a couple of downs, but they got into that opportunity because of Bart Starr. So if you have not had a chance, and I know you can find it, go find the Ice Bowl, watch that game, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Or if you have any other star memories, please tweet us at uh, Packaday Podcast, at MarkEcho08, and uh, at Jake Turner Sport. But uh, as we said, Bart Starr may be gone, but he will be forever in our memories. And even as a 33-year-old man, I was proud that I was able to witness the greatness of Bart Starr, even if it was through game film. All right, that's it for Packaday. And as I said before, tweet us at, at Packaday Podcast. And the great three words in the dictionary of the Green Bay Packers is Go Pack Go. Thank you so much for joining us on this special edition of Packaday, and we will see you next time. This was the Packaday Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're all over the internet, and have yourself a great one. Snap to Wild. Shotgun. Packers showing a blitz, and here they come. Beathard looking as he throws it deep down the right sideline. And it is intercepted on the play. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine-yard line of Green Bay. Snap to Rodgers looking right. Throws the right side. See Brown makes the touch. Inside the 30 of the 28-yard line. Hunter Bradley, the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee, arm extended. Here it is. Placement made. Kick is up. It is good. It is good. Mason Crosby delivers a dagger. One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight. Third and five, 13-yard line of Atlanta. Snap, Ryan looks right, throws right side. Intercepted to the house. Bishop Breland, touchdown, Green Bay Packers. 19-yard interception return, and it's 16-7, Packers. Rodgers looks it over, takes the snap, blitz on, they pick it up, lost the right side. They got him. Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers, who ducks it under center. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here's the handoff up the middle. Big hole, straight ahead. It is Aaron Jones. Off to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10. Down the left sidelines, and he's out of bounds. Inside the 10 of the 5-yard line of Miami. Aaron Jones with a burst, 67 yards. Third and six, trailing 30 to 23. Two minutes straight up to go in the game. San Francisco showing a blitz through the A-gap, and here they come. Rodgers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Adams! Left corner of the end zone from Aaron Rodgers! 16-yard touchdown pass. The Packers an extra point away from getting this game tied.